Welcome to the Fulfilled Musicpreneur Podcast. This podcast is for you if you are a Christian artist and you want to grow your listeners, make greater impact, and grow your business. Meet your host, A.B. Ogini, a lifelong singer, pediatrician, recording artist, music business coach, and founder of the Fulfilled Musicpreneur Academy. Welcome to another episode of the Fulfilled Music Preneur Podcast. I have here with me an Amani Roberts, um, who has a long history in the music industry. I'm just really excited to learn from him today um, and learn what he has to say. Um, so Amani, welcome. Thank you so much Thank for joining me on the podcast. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us your journey um, in the music industry? Sure. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, it, it's great to be here and chat with you. Uh, my journey in the music industry, I've been a DJ for over 16 years. Um, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. I've been here in California during my DJ career. I've DJed all over the world, including Brazil, Canada, many cities throughout the United States. I'm also a music producer, um, so I produce a lot of like original music. I do a lot of remixes. I love remixes, so we do a lot of remixes for a variety of artists. Um, I also teach at California State University Fullerton and that I teach um, in the music, like I kind of run the music business department and in addition to like the Center for Entertainment and Hospitality Management, that's the official title. Um, and so I teach their students and um, I stream live. I stream on Twitch, YouTube, sometimes LinkedIn, uh, two to three days a week. Um, and that's a quick summary about me. I'd be curious to hear what questions about my journey do you have? Wow. First of all, that <laughs> is uh, a long list of credentials. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I would say, do you want to tell us, first of all, how you got started um, in mm. the industry? I grew up playing instruments. I grew up playing first for a very short time, played the flute. Then I went to the saxophone, played the jazz band in high school. Then I went to college, went to Howard University. I didn't really play music there, but I still kind of was around music. That's where I first met DJ Bismarcky. Maybe he, maybe he rest in peace. And I saw him perform, and that's when I knew I wanted to be a DJ. Um, but it took me a while to get started, because at first I didn't feel that it was a legitimate career. I was wrong. I was incorrect. It's absolutely legitimate. There's lots of ways to earn revenue and money. Um, so only when I got out to California did I start to learn how to DJ, taught myself. Then I went to Scratch Academy, uh, which was started by Jam Master Jay from Run DMC. Unfortunately, he was murdered six months after he started, but they kept the school and all the education going on. So I went to Scratch Academy for the DJ school. Then I waited a year, went back for music production school. Um, that's how I kind of got my formal education. Um, and that's how I kind of got my start. I would DJ at bars and small clubs around the area eventually built my way up through private events bigger bars bigger clubs um then during the pandemic i went back to school went to berkeley college of music in boston and got my master's in music business and then i just continued to grow and work and that's kind of led me to where i am today wow okay so 
with all of this. You've done a lot of studying. Oh my yeah. goodness. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, with all of that, what has been the most to have, what has been, what's, what's had the greatest impact on your business? Because sometimes there's a mismatch mm-hmm. between what you actually learn in college compared to what you need in life yeah (laughs) so what has had the greatest impact for you i think just networking like building uh relationships with other people in the industry other djs other musicians other educators who will then you know i can learn from them if they have referrals for gigs they can they can refer me um, and just really participating in local associations. So I'm a member, I'm a member of ASCAP, um, also a member of Meeting Professionals International. I'm on the board. So I do, I get a lot of referrals through that. I do a lot of education. Um, that allows me to get more exposure. I volu- volunteer my services um, in terms of DJing. So that's probably the number one thing is just to continue to network, find out where, your local trade associations, particularly in the music industry, are having uh, meetings, go to the meetings, meet the people, stay in touch, really try to be of service. You don't want to ask for something right away, but you know, try to volunteer if you have the time. And then eventually you'll get to know people and you'll just kind of learn how it works. I do a lot of reading. I read a lot of music books, both uh, autobiographies, um, and then a couple of nonfiction books that really help to educate you. Listen to a lot of podcasts. So it's just a whole bunch of education, networking, and then, you know, taking risks when I get the opportunity. Hmm. Wow, that's really good. Networking, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, yes. being of service. Mm-hmm. Um, and even referrals, because I actually love the fact that sometimes we forget. We forget yeah. it's a skill that we have to learn to always remind ourselves do you know of anyone who will use my services do you know of anyone can you think of anyone <laughs> because yeah. that's and, how we... yeah yeah and also it took me a while to you know feel comfortable with other could be singers you know people who are playing in a band other djs that they can refer you business too because many times they could get asked about a gig and they not, they might not be free or they might not be able to take it so if they trust you and they're like oh, okay well i can refer to you and you can do a good job then that's how you can get a lot of business. That's how I got my start was just referrals. Like other DJs would say, oh, um, come open up for me at this club or this bar. And eventually the bar got to know me and then they hired me on full time. Um, so it's it's hard at first, cause I know we have like kind of a competitive atmosphere, maybe a little bit of scarcity mindset, but it takes a while to get over that. I've been there. Cause I was like, oh, I have to get everything. But if you can get through that, um, there's enough out here for all of us to quote unquote eat and that's how you can get a lot of business especially when you're getting your start mm. that is really good you just mentioned something there <laughs> um, the scarcity mindset yeah. it's a yeah. thing mm-hmm. but I think you just have to come to the point where you realize that there is enough for everyone it's 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 not easy like i'll be hypocritical if i said it was easy because we kind of grew up being competitive um but if you once you get a couple experiences where you see oh i got a referral and this person is still working and you kind of have some good experiences if you can work and kind of hone your mindset then ultimately in the long run you'll 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 be much better off yes okay you've mentioned something that i love talking about <laughs> mindset <laughs> 
what mindsets have gotten gotten you to the point where you are today? Ooh. You know, I would say the growth mindset, uh, mm -hmm. just understanding that we're always learning, um, viewing failure as really lessons. A good example is I went to DJ school, you have to pass the final class um, and you have to pass the whole, the whole, I guess it's an eight week semester. You have to get 320 out of 400, like 80% to pass. Each week you take different exams, which are different sets you do, whether it be an opening set, at a lounge, it could be an opening set at a club, a prime time set, prime time with requests. You have to do troubleshooting exercises. You get scored every week. It's all subjective, so it's very difficult. The first time I went through the school, the last class, I got a 318 out of 400. So I was two points away from passing and they wouldn't pass me. And I think that right there really taught me a big lesson about, do I just quit, forget about it, take my ball and go home? Or do I kind of come back again, try to learn what I, I can improve on, put the work in, and then try to pass the class again. Because there's no guarantee. Many people in that school would fail two, three, four times and would just quit. Oh, because every week you're coming back and doing performances and there's no guarantee. You could be off, your mixing could be off, your microphone skills could be off. I came back, did the course again, end up getting one of the highest scores ever in passing. So I would just say growth mindset and this resilience really help you because this is a tough industry. It's not for everyone. And um, you really have to like stick with it and be able to handle the lows and, you know, enjoy the highs, but really just stay even keeled because yeah. it's it's a marathon. It's not a race. Mm, that is <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> Tell you a bit of a funny story for me. So I, um, I grew up in a musical family, but it was all just vocals. <laughs> no one could play oh. any instrument. Um, and we, had, we actually had piano in the house. Ooh, okay. And none of us still played. <laughs> I oh. mean, I think I tried to take a lesson a couple of times, but it just never, it never happened. Um, so I only decided to start doing music professionally in 2020 during the lockdown. Mm. And, okay. um, one of the first things I made up my mind to do was learn how to play an instrument. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'm sure you'd have, um, when I was hinting that a lot of us are not tech savvy, that's myself included, because yeah. um, I still worry, should I say, things like setup. Like I had mm. a last year and I had uh, one of my musician friends come to me. He lent me his, um, oh, I can't even remember the name. So is it like a mixer that you connect your guitar and your mic to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mixer. Mm -hmm. And he taught me how to set it up. And when I went to this gig and set it up, it was like, oh my God, I did it. I actually did yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was like a milestone. And then mm -hmm. um, I read stories of people who are playing a gig and there's something that's just not working right. The sound isn't right. And you know, all of that frustration. And um, for the first time that happened to me recently, <laughs> yeah. I was I was singing at church and um, there was something that was just sounding off. I'm like, is, is there distortion on my guitar? What is happening here? But after, after, what happened was I had tuned my guitar and everything, but just before I came up, it fell. Oh, um, and no. I think it got untuned because yeah. I think all oh, that distortion I was hearing was I wasn't mm -hmm. tuned yeah. well. Uh, but yeah. when I had started, I just played a chord and I was like, oh, this sounds right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and even though it was awful, 
um, I, I played two songs, um, but thankfully there was a break. Oh my goodness, thank God there was a break. So I played the first song, went off, talked to the sound guy who said, I think your, your guitar just went out of tune and had to do it again. Um, but the second song went much better. But Good. in my head, I was like, this is a milestone because I think everyone will go through mm-hmm. time and something is just not right. But And, and for me, because I've, I've been a vocalist all my life. So when you hear me sing, you know, my vocals is my main instrument, hands down, <laughs> no question. Um, so some people just think, just just sing to soundtrack i'm like no but that is not the kind of thing that i want that's what i want to do um and i know it's harder not just even saying i'm gonna always have a guitarist with me that's not practical as well to determine that i'm gonna have to learn this thing myself (laughs) and to stick with it um someone said it beautifully you have to be ready to suck before you get maybe a little bit good before you get really good before you get great right yeah, so yeah. it's a long road it's a long road and growth yeah. mindset is mm-hmm. absolutely key in the yeah. journey and and there'll Absolutely. be times when it's crap when you're like oh my god what's happening maybe i'm just not good enough and maybe i need to quit you just need to persevere and go through that and just tick it mm-hmm. off as a a milestone <laughs> because everyone right, right. times like that yes yes uh okay so (laughs) moving on moving on Mm -hmm. um in terms of the business side of your music yes how did because you've talked a lot of um school and i know you said you went back to get a master's correct before you even did all of that you were already in the music industry how did you learn to set up your business i kind of feel you know we all do music not business yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we have to true. develop that's the true. skills for business and it's almost that's like true. a different part of the brain so mm-hmm. do you want to tell us your journey in how you were able to run a business yeah. that supports you with your music so I was fortunate that at first I, when I went to Howard University, I went to the School of Business. So I grew up in the business school there. Um, then I worked for Marriott Hotels for many years, almost 20 years. And so in there I was in, it was business. So I was in the marketing department, sales, running operations. So I understand P&L statements. I understand a lot of things about business, forecasting, things like that. And I just carried that knowledge over to, to where I am today. Um, and then you have to learn different things from like, setting up your LLC, making sure you have the right bank accounts, how to do your taxes, like you're just learning from people, other professionals. Um, once again, the networking helps because I could talk to other entrepreneurs who are also doing the same thing. I could talk to other musicians who have done it, maybe made mistakes and learn from them. So just having a, a group of like-minded people you're around, my experience really helped me, trial and error. Um, I'm still learning about business to this day in terms of uh, quoting your rates, sticking to your rates and you know if people don't want to pay you you know maybe it's okay to say no to a gig because a better gig will come down the line but that's hard at first because we're all trying to make money and we're all trying to support ourselves so it's like how do you get to a point where if you set your rate and people are trying to say no i can only pay this you say well thank you i can help you find someone but that you know that doesn't Mm. it's not doesn't make good business sense for me Mm. it takes a long time to get there so i think all of that um combined is really how I learned the business reading also just experience 
um, you know, in school, going to school, taking different specific classes. Um, if you are like a lifelong learner, then you'll learn how to do the business and listening to different podcasts, reading books. Like there's so mm -hmm. much information out there that you can take little nuggets from and see what works for you and just apply it to your business. Absolutely, absolutely. And I learned a little nugget recently about pricing and how you can navigate when you're growing. Because at the same time, when, when you're new and you're growing your client lists, okay. sometimes it's, it might not be wise to say no, but there was something that I learned recently is you offer value. Um, it's, so it's value for value. So essentially if you're charging, um, what, like 500 pounds for a gig, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and they can only pay you 400, you could say, well, I'll only do that if, and, and then you, you ask for something valuable yes. as well. Yes. Um, it could be a referral, it could be a double booking, it could be a review. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly, but yeah. Always say, okay, it's 500, I can take 400 if you do this. Right. Um, so that is another really good way to navigate um, because it, it, it's, you are valuable, your time is valuable. We're not saying go down um, right. on how much you're paid, but there are other ways to also um yeah gets value out of the situation yeah agree yeah it's just a long road you have to stick with it but i agree absolutely, absolutely. so do you want to talk about um because you mentioned something interesting you said you go on linkedin i didn't even know you called stream on linkedin <laughs> yes that is yes. not oh i'm on linkedin and i never Good. go on <laughs> I okay. never, it's like my list, um, attended social media. Yes. Yes. But you know, if you, you have a, a podcast, you have a show and you're trying to teach it. LinkedIn is very viable, very underrated. Um, and I do like my talk shows there. Like just how we're having a conversation. I interview someone, I'll stream it there, might stream it to Twitch. Maybe not because there are rules where you can't do it at the same time. So I'll just pick and choose. But it's it's a very valuable platform because networking, like it's people who you're connected to can see, oh, this is Amani doing one of his talk shows. Oh, this is Amani doing one of his game shows. Just so they can see, get a little idea. Plus you stay visible, they, your name pops up that you're live so people know you're out there doing work. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of LinkedIn for sure, absolutely. So uh, so you, you get a lot of networking out of LinkedIn. Absolutely. Mm. Can you tell me what, because a lot of these platforms, right, they are good for certain things. Mm -hmm. it, what is the the big thing about LinkedIn? What what's what's the <laughs> right? What does LinkedIn specialize in? <laughs> I think LinkedIn, like we're always looking to like book different gigs, book programs. The people that are making the decisions about the programs, specifically for me, because I do a lot of corporate events, they have a nice home. They live on LinkedIn. That's how they do their networking and that's how they learn and they share. And many times you'll be able to get to them or get to their bosses or people who work with them 
And if you can get to the decision maker, that cuts out a lot of the noise and you can talk to them. And I find specifically like for me working in corporate events and in these different uh, educational events and associations that many of the decision makers are there. So if I'm getting to know them on LinkedIn and they're looking for a DJ, then I'll be top of mind or at least one of the first three calls they'll make. So I think if you want to find the decision makers Mm. and the people who are kind of more you know signing the contracts that you're signing to do the gigs you'll find many of them on linkedin wow that's interesting okay so is that a place where a lot of professionals hang out yes yes a lot of professionals hang out you know musicians we kind of have to change our perspective like we we we're creatives but we're professionals too like we are professionals we're um i think someone i read the word somewhere online artist artistpreneur artistpreneur mm-hmm. like artists who are entrepreneurs mm-hmm. so we have to get that business side in so we have to do the business side in addition to creating and linkedin is a good social media platform because yeah. you know it might be a little bit difficult to find decision makers for depending on what type of business you are trying to get if you want to do a lot of social events and like weddings and parties a lot of those people decision makers are on like instagram Mm. maybe even TikTok. But if you're looking for corporate events and kind of business side and education, LinkedIn's a good place. So it just depends what you're looking for because each each platform serves a purpose. Absolutely. So that's a really good point for me because um, exploring um, the speaking industry, like I have a a five-day training booked for next month. Um, for expert speakers. <laughs> so um, I really should be building my clientele, um, building um, my network in that area. So that mm-hmm. is definitely one for me to think about. That's yes. really good. Really good. Okay. So Twitch. <laughs> yes. Twitch. I've heard a lot about Twitch. Um, how sometimes they approach artists and say do you want to come play for us um some people stream some people get paid so i've actually never really been on twitch do you want to tell us a little bit more about the platform and what your experience has been um on the platform so twitch is like a live streaming platform where you can broadcast what you're doing in your you know, whether it be in your studio, your home, your office, wherever, it's like your own TV channel and you can schedule content and you go live. So like we could be having a conversation, I could stream it live. So people who can watch us talk, they'll comment on it in the chat. It's like, you know, it's like our own interactive live television station. For me, I use Twitch where I DJ sets on there a couple days a week. I do a talk show, I do game shows, I have my schedule. I do that. During the pandemic is when I first started to use Twitch a lot. Prior to the pandemic, I would teach about it in the classroom, but I never really used it. Then I started to use it more. I was DJing a lot almost every day. Then I started to do talk shows, game shows, and then people will start to follow you. You'll start to grow a community. And then when you tune in, people can give you virtual bits, which is really like they get called bits, which is like currency. It's virtual currency that translates to real dollars. People can subscribe to you. You get 50% of the subscription fee, whether it be $5, $10, or $25, different levels. Like when you're sending a text message um, and you use smiley faces and all the different emojis, they have their own thing on Twitch called emotes. Same thing, but it could be, instead of a smiley face, it could be your picture. It could be maybe your favorite artist or whatever. So different little emojis that you get. Um, and then you just continue to grow, get more subscribers, more people do give you virtual currency. 
Um, and then it just continues to evolve. It's, it's a lot of learning. You have to interact with the chat. Like if we're having a conversation and someone else is talking, I have to you know, oh, what's up to that person who's based out of, you know, uh, Miami, Florida. And then you can just keep going there. And that's what Twitch is. And there's different people there. Music on Twitch is about 3% of the total audience. It really is a big gaming platform. Like a lot of gamers will be on there playing games. Music started to be more prominent a little bit during the pandemic. You'll find a lot of people there from all over the world singing, playing instruments, DJing, all sorts of things. And that's what it is. And it's a live stream platform. You can also live stream to YouTube as well, but it's not really that popular yet. It's a little different. But so Twitch is kind of that thing. It's one of many live stream platforms. I have been on the platform for a couple of years. You get to a certain level, you get partner status, which is really you're like the top 1% of all streamers. I earned that in October of 2021. And yeah, so that's live streaming. I'm just a fan of live streaming in general. I think that it's good to think beyond Twitch to include mm-hmm. like the YouTubes, the TikToks. Like if you're going live interacting with your audience and they're contributing revenue, whether it be tips, virtual currency, subscriptions, that's how you're going to grow your community because then people will get to know you. There's no kind of middle man or woman. If they see you on camera, you're talking to them, then they follow you on all your platforms. Um, you grow your email list, which is very, very important. More important than any social media followers. So that's Twitch, this live stream platform. I view it as just a like my own TV channel that I can go live and show my skills DJing, show my skills being a professional speaker, doing game shows. It's just kind of my one of my marketing portals. Mm, interesting. So how do you grow your email list from Twitch? <laughs> What you do is that you'll encourage people You say sign up for my email list so you can get maybe special remixes. Uh, in the chat, there'll be little bots that will pop up every once in a while and say, make sure you sign up for my email list. And I got a lot of subscriptions that way, especially when I first started. Now I don't get as many. Um, but then people will sign up for your email list. They'll follow. Maybe they might buy something from you. Also, because I was on Twitch, I created my own merch shop. Had never done merch before. I created my own merch. So musicians all have merch anyways that's just a good place for people to maybe see you wearing it for you to sell it it's just another kind of marketing hub that will allow you to create content that you can then download and chop up and use on platforms people can get to know you people who might be thinking about hiring you hiring you can watch you live so it's got a lot of benefits a lot of benefits if you just kind of stick to it um you know i don't recommend like streaming every day because it can be a lot it's very difficult at first the tech it's mm. a monster to set up all the technology. It's a lot to do. But if you just see what technology you have in your house, maybe you have an old iPhone, an old phone, cell phone, you can use that as your camera. Maybe you have a microphone you used to use, a mixer you might have used for something else. And then you can use that. And then bit by bit, as you earn money, you can replace certain things. Maybe you get a better mm-hmm. microphone. Maybe you get a different mirror. Maybe you get a nice camera. Uh, then you get a computer. You have overlays. There's a lot to it. Mm. But just start slow and build up there. I'm where I am today because I started almost three years ago and I've just learned, asked people questions, tried out things. I've learned a lot in three years. There's still more for me to learn, but that's it. I mean, there's different devices. You have Stream Deck. There's all sorts of stuff, but mm. um, just take it slow. Work yeah. with what you have at the beginning and don't let the tech stop you. Just get started is my only advice. Absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> As you can see, 
It's just me and my computer in this podcast. You're you're further than many, many other people who are thinking about doing a podcast. But they say, oh, I don't have a microphone. I can't do it. Oh, I don't have a special camera. I have to wait. No, get started with what you have, where you are, and grow from there. Absolutely. And the funny thing is I actually have mics. I just hit Mm -hmm. the setup. Yes. I just can't be bothered to set it up. You'll find a setup that you like. I just moved my studio here. I was downstairs. I moved it up. So now my my live streaming talk studio, which is where I am right now, is right behind. Behind me is like you see the green screen, mm-hmm. you see the speakers. So behind me is the DJ setup. So I just walk right here to sit down. I can go back I go back and forth. Um, I just changed that this weekend. And so just see what you can do, adjust, and go for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This has been so good. Okay, one last question and then we wind down. If you um, met yourself 20 years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> what mm-hmm. advice would you give um, to yourself about the music industry when you were starting out? What sort of things would you have said, don't even bother doing that? <laughs> oh, start mm-hmm. doing this early on. You know, what advice would you give to yourself? I would say 20 years ago, um definitely start DJing even though I started maybe four years after that um it's a legitimate career uh continue to build your your network um and then I would have just said to like don't put too much pressure on yourself to succeed right away um it's a long haul and um just kind of stick with it because it could be very frustrating um I would have also said what else just be open continue to be open to new ideas both with your professional career uh, maybe how you want to get established um and that's that's really it just go for it take as many risks as you can and keep in touch with everyone you meet and build your network and good things will happen Wow, amazing. Thank <laughs> you so much, Amani. This has been really good, honestly. Yes. It's great when I talk to people who've been doing this for years and just to hear um, their journey, ups and downs, and the advice, the experience. Yeah. It's just really good to hear. So thank you so much for coming on and for sharing all of this with us. Um, look, I'm probably going to have you again sometime in the future. Let <laughs> of let course. Have me back. You. I'll come back. No worries. Yes. <laughs> All right then. So bye for now. Thanks everyone. Until next time, um, another another episode. Take care. Bye. Bye everyone. <laughs>